It's time for the Thursday free-for-all on the On the Airwaves, The Infinity Project. Good evening, everybody. It is Thursday night, or as I like to call it, Friday Eve here at Beyond the Airways, the Infinity Project. And because it is Thursday, that means it's time for the Thursday free-for-all. We're going to have stories that will make you laugh, think, cry, get angry, fire off a rant rocket, or five. <laughs> That's why we always do things anywhere around here. Anyway, I'm your host for tonight. I am Oddball Extreme. I'm currently joined by two of my crazy cohorts. First, we have Red Ranger Tim. Good evening to you, sir. Good evening, my dear. We also have our AZ Magician on the line. Good evening to you, my dear. Hello. And we also have Ashley and Bring It Boy in the chat room. Haven't heard from, haven't had Bring It Boy in a while. Hi, people. <laughs> Getting a little bit pissed off. My pen's all oh, off. No, I'm not getting pissed off at anybody. Okay. Just my markers decide to glop up at the most unusual times. Ah. Uh, glop. Dum 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 dum. Oh my. Hurry mm-hmm. on. All right. Well, I think I may have found something that may make some people upset. Well, can Uh-oh. I tell you the funny thing I saw on the news before you get started? Sure, go ahead. I told it to you before the show. You know how some police officers will wind up the occasional stray dog or the stray cow on the highway? Mm-hmm. Police officers in California had to round up an errant elephant seal. It had crossed. It had probably been defeated by a rival male, and had found its way across the highway. It took four police officers about an hour to, to get it back to head towards the ocean, and it was very funny to see this seal go waddling across the road. But the seal, the elephant seal, was saved. Good. That's the end of the. All right, well, listen to this. Now, we don't have Tim Horton's restaurants around here, okay? And actually, it's 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 a, it's let's put it, let's put it this way: Tim Horton's in Canada is like Starbucks here. Okay, gotcha. I was just about to say it's a Canadian chain. That's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Bring boises. Sorry, you're right, been a long time. Had done rebrowser reset and lost all my bookmarks. That's totally understandable. All right, well, anyway, now this is posted back on the 25th, which was last Friday. So this is out of Fredrington. Earlier this week, or last week, Tim Hortons, the stable Canadian coffee chain, announced they would be increasing the price of their hot beverages ordered through the drive-thru to include a mandatory tip, which staff have been keeping anyway. The decision was made largely due to the massive number of complaints about drive-thru employees assuming any change from an order will be given to them, and the increase is also intended to help Tim's employees recover from the debt owed to the store from substantial overspending on Timmy's gift cards as presents. Sometimes people sit at the window expecting their change back, which is obviously super annoying and incredibly rude, said high schooler Abby Johnson, a part-time weekend employee at the Regent Street Tim Hortons. We put in like five or seven hours a weekend here with one of our arms being cold the whole time. We deserve the 80 cents when someone orders a large. Ryan Wooler, a fellow drive through employee working at a different Fredericton area franchise, shares the same feeling of entitlement with Johnson. We're expected to stand there for a couple hours at a time and work. No one should be expected to suffer through that type of physical labor and not get tipped for it. Can you imagine the impact this will have on my body by the time I'm 30? We deserve to be compensated extra. The manatee reached out to a local franchise owner who prefers to remain anonymous for comment on why only hot beverages will invoke the mandatory tip rule. We tend to only see coffee or latte orders in the drive-thru, where we stick the annoying little shits. The increase really is to cover the overtime of them calling in sick, tired, or fortnight. Customers started seeing the increase take effect this past Monday. That's not right. 
That's not right at all. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But fortunately for me, I hate coffee anyway, so it doesn't really apply to me. <laughs> well, to me, Starbucks is overpriced and too strong for me anyway. Yeah. How can anyway go use $7 a day on that kind of coffee? I sure can't. I sure couldn't. I know I couldn't either. Okay. Uh, here's something interesting. You remember a couple months ago when Bill Maher slammed the comic book fans after Stan Lee had died? Well, the comic book community is fighting back. The what? The comic book community is fighting back. Okay, this would be interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. And this was posted today. Uh, this is on CryptonRadio.com. Bam, pal, the comic book community hits back to Bill Maher's criticism. One of the things to love about the geek community, especially among women, is that we often share similar political viewpoints. Many nerds today are politically savvy and watch today's current political satirists like Stephen Colbert, Trevor Noah, and Jon Stewart. Recently, one of the most popular political satirists and commentators, Bill Maher, made some remarks about comic book fans after the recent death of comic book icon Stan Lee. Maher's initial comments, originally posted in his blog, upset fans all over the globe. Maher then doubled down on his criticism of the fan community during a Larry King Live interview, where King brings up Maher's initial blog post, and Maher proceeds to, quote, clarify his comments. In Mars' most recent episode of The Real Time with Bill Maher, he opens his famous new rules with an editorial. About Stanley, who, if you missed it, died in November. And a few days later, I posted a blog that in no way was an attack on Mr. Lee, but took the occasion of his death to express my dismay at the people who think comic books are literature and superhero movies are great cinema and who, in general, are stuck in an everlasting childhood. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Bragging that you're all about the Marvel Universe is like boasting your mother still pins your mittens to your sleeves. He continued his New Rules rant with more commentary about the childish nature of comic book fans. Can we stop pretending that the writing in comic books is so good? Oh, please. Every superhero movie is the same thing. A person who doesn't have powers gets them, has to figure out how they work, and then has to find a glowy thing. I'm sorry, but if you're an adult playing with superhero dolls, I'm sorry. I mean collectible action figures. Why not go all the way and drive to work on a big wheel? The comic book community is fighting back. Fans and industry professionals have taken to social media to return fire on the insults lobbed by Marr. Peter David, the prolific comic book writer, best known for his award-winning 12-year run on The Incredible Hulk and the co-creator of the character Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099, Craig Capullo, illustrator on Batman, Dark Knight's Metal, Kirk, no, I'm sorry, Kurt Busiek, writer for the Avengers, Action Comics, and Gail Simone, writer for Domino and Batgirl, have all posted their thoughts on the matter, none so thoroughly as Peter David, however. In a Facebook post, David wrote this, Nomar has informed us both on Twitter and again last night that comic books are for kids and that fans of them are mostly stunted individuals who are unable to accept adulthood. So let's talk about fans. Fans love to argue. They are particularly big on arguing who their heroes can defeat. And periodically, they can gather in large crowds, sometimes numbering over 50,000. They pay ridiculous entry fees to get in, and many of them dress up like their favorites. In the places where they gather, they cheer on their respective faves, chant together, eat, and hang together. They buy a ton of merchandise, dropping hundreds of dollars at a time. And if they're lucky, they get autographs and go home happy. Hell, on rare occasions, they even attend parades dedicated to their heroes. And that's just Mets fans. <laughs> I've said this before, yeah, I've said this before, but it bears repeating. Comic books aren't juvenilia. Comic books are modern myths. The definition of a myth is something that is defined within its its own essence. If you ask someone, who is Gomez Adams, they will reply, he's a character created by cartoonist Charles Adams. If you say, who is Superman, people will likely respond, he's a superhero, last son of Krypton, with the secret identity of Clark Kent. In the same way that if you ask who Hercules is, you would tell that he is a half-god born of Zeus having an affair with a mortal. You don't put it in context of its creation. You define it as itself. People who find Spider-Man fascinating are just as valid and adult in their interests as someone who studies Arthurian legend. The fact that it's happening in modern time and we know who the creators are doesn't make it any less mythic. 
Kevin Smith, who's been on Mars show, was far more tame when he took the Twitter to let us know that Mar, as stated by Mar himself, is a confirmed stoner and total pussycat when the cameras are off. Both men are comics. Excuse me. <clears throat> Both men are comics and seem to have no issues riffing off one another and not taking the comments to heart. The rest of the industry has not been so kind. Neil Gaiman, the Hugo, Nebula, and Bram Stoker award-winning author, excuse me, <coughs> accused Mara of trolling and being upset that more people were upset by Stanley's passing than cared about Mara while he was still alive. <laughs> Pardon me, I'm gonna, before I go on with the article, I need to get my ball of water because, God damn it, my mouth is drying out again. Oh my. Put that water. Where are you, water? There it is. It's like, where's my water? (laughs) Okay, give me a second here. Mm. Ah, that's much better. I'll probably be drinking it throughout the show. So. Yeah, anyway, Marvel Comics' Joe Quesada invited Mara to join him at a tribute to Stan Lee on January 30th, yesterday. And when he didn't respond, Quesada trolled Mara on his Twitter account from the event. The comic book community is less than happy with Mara right now, and then it also appears Mara won't back down. But neither will the fans. Amen. You know what? I read comic books when I was a kid. I have a box full of them that I collected in my twenties and thirties. In my twenties and thirties, I got a box full of them right here. Mm-hmm. Kids' comics. The majority of them are anime titles. Mm-hmm. Comic books aren't anymore. Right. Well, yeah, I still read comic books, but then again, I like Scooby Doo. <laughs> Right, you do have a few Scooby Doo coming. Yeah, because they, they still make Scooby Doo today. And of course, ne- of course, over the past couple years, they've had some insane combinations, like Catwoman along with Sylvester and Tweety. They have Black Lightning and Hong Kong Fooey. And the story actually worked. Oh, speaking of Scooby Doo, I saw a video, and I can't remember where. Uh, Shaggy is confronting this guy, and he's got these squinty eyes, and mm-hmm. he proceeds to use martial arts to whoop the crap out of that guy. Oh, I I... yeah. I know oh, exactly what you're talking about. Because well, uh, there are people there are people who want Shaggy to get into the Mortal Kombat game. Oh, my. That's what I saw. Yeah. Oh, my, indeed. Maybe that's what I saw. Yeah, it's just like a few years ago when people wanted Captain Planet in um, Justice League Gods Among Us or something like that. No, it was Injustice. I think that was it. But seriously, that's just, that's just nuts. In fact, I actually found the article. <laughs> oh, my. Because, yes, I, I have seen that, and it's like, hmm. Oh, what I was talking about? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, now this was posted yesterday. Fans want Shaggy in Mortal Kombat 11, but will Scooby-Doo come to Injustice instead? <laughs> All right. Now, this is courtesy of IGN.com, and this was written by Jesse Wade. A rival of sorts has occurred in the Scooby-Doo universe with dozens of memes and a petition going around to try to get Shaggy as a a DLC character in Mortal Kombat 11, along with his partner in crime in another game. The petition on Change.org, which was started by a satirical news website, Woken News Network, has over 225,000 signatures from fans. And listen to this tweet. You have done well, my child. Zoink! The tweet came from Matthew Lillard, who, of course, has played the live-action Shaggy. Oh, my. 
The petition was created after memes of Shaggy in ridiculous situations as a fighter circulated by fans, with one even bringing them to the attention of Matthew Lillard, who played Shaggy, as I said, in the live-action movies. At first, Lillard was not impressed, but within 24 hours he tweeted, Dear Universe, please never let this in, with a link to a subreddit thread filled with Shaggy memes. Since then, Shaggy has been depicted in everything from Star Wars to Avengers, with fans not letting up. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, and here's some other tweets, too. Um, Tari Hyde, well, let's see, there's problems, there's pictures, but we can't see them. Shaggy is Zoinks, Zoinks PT Zoinks. Uh, and then we have another one. Shaggy just got back from Chick-fil-A. <laughs> oh, my. I mean, could you blame him? That would, that would, me, that would, that should be B. That should be only one character would yield unlimited power. <laughs> Let's see. Hope without the S stood for Shaggy. <laughs> and that was courtesy of DC Kids. <laughs> you know, before we go too much further, speaking of Mortal Kombat, take a uh-huh. look at the post I just shared on Facebook. Okay. On my wall. <laughs> All right. All right, give me just a minute. Give me un momento. Let's see. Oh, yeah. That's about right. That's about right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sub-Zero wins. Damn right Sub-Zero I do. <laughs> the only thing, the only thing, you know what they should have put on there, in addition to that? What? Underneath, they should, they should have put fatality. Yeah. And we got hit pretty hard. Yeah. Well, actually, in this case, I probably wouldn't put fatality. It would probably be brutality. Cold. Brutality. <laughs> or that's the, that's the Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat 2. This mm-hmm. coming from the guy who makes a habit of playing Sub-Zero. Yeah. Sub-Zero wins. <laughs> yep. Let's see. Oh, uh, here's some more. Uh, here's one more tweet. Zoink Scoob Shaggy is worthy. That's from Jimmy Felino, Mr. Nice Guy. All right. Not long after, creative director at NetherRealm Studios and co-creator of Mortal Kombat and Injustice, Ed Boon, tweeted out about the Shaggy memes and later to include Scooby-Doo and Injustice. High, low, mid, grab. I will mix your shit up in fighting games. <laughs> But even if nothing comes of the addition of the two cartoon characters that you could hardly say are violent, getting to choose if you are on Team Shaggy or Team Scooby is pretty amusing. <laughs> oh, my. Hey, yeah, and Mar- go ahead. You can't be a child once in a while. Yeah, because I remember um, a couple years ago, somebody was able to add Shaggy, Scooby, and the Mystery Machine into Grand Theft Auto. Oh, um, my friend plays Paladins on the PlayStation. Uh huh. And you could create your own skins for your characters. Ah. They've done a lot of anime ones, but I wouldn't be surprised if somebody tried to get the Scooby Doo gang in there. Yeah. I wouldn't surprise me, too. You can make your own skins. When I talk to him tonight, I'll ask him if anybody's tried Scooby-Doo. Okay. But That's an excellent idea. Yeah. He's done a lot of, um, he's seen a lot of old school anime ones. Ah. But as long as they have the um, different parts in the skin, the skin creator, I guess you could do just about anything. Yeah. All right. Okay. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now. This next story, you're probably thinking, this cannot be real. Okay. Listen to the title. Man, ailing wife, hold meth-fueled death party in her final days, deputies say. I'm like, I read that, and I'm like, holy shit, you have got to be kidding. Yeah, it's like, what? (laughs) I read the article before I called in. Ah. Yeah, bring it, boys. Make skin like a tomato. 
All right. So here's what happened. It was it was posted yesterday, updated this afternoon. And this is out of this is out of Searles, Minnesota. Deborah Lynn Johnson that sixty nine. Must... Looks happy, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Deborah Lynn Johnson, sixty nine, told her husband she didn't want to die in a nursing home, so he brought her home against medical advice. She died on January twenty fourth. Now an arrest report shows fifty eight year old Dwayne Arden Johnson is facing criminal neglect and receiving stolen property charges in the Brown County Jail. According to the Mankato Free Press, the two enjoyed a meth-fueled death party before she passed away. They spent their final they spent her final days rocking out to their favorite song. Ready for this? Quiet Riot's Quiet metal, metal Hell. Metal, not metal. Yeah, metal. Oh my. Yeah. Johnson reported his wife's death around noon on January 24th. He later told responding deputies that he thinks she died around 8.30 that morning, but he wanted to make sure she was gone before reporting it. The first deputy to arrive saw the words, Death Pard God Hell, spray-painted in red across the front door. Johnson reportedly came outside naked and screamed that his wife was dead before running back inside. Investigators found him in a bathtub trying to clean little black-and-white things from his skin. Deborah Johnson's body was laid, wrapped in a sheet, at the top of a stairway, still warm and going through the early stages of rigor mortis. You know those black and white things he was trying to clean? What? Clean off his skin? It was a meth hallucination. You're probably right. No, no. He said he washed her body. that happening. Yeah. He said he washed her body and wrapped it in linen because the Bible told him to. Johnson said his wife could no longer eat or drink, so he used snow to relieve the dryness in her mouth. She suffered convulsions but refused to allow him to call for help, so he had to keep her from doing harm to herself. He told investigators there were intimate fewer than two hours before her death, and her convulsions stopped, and she was at peace. Deborah Johnson survived two heart attacks before being taken to a transitional care center. She was a diabetic with high blood pressure who also dealt with mental illness. She had been taking an antipsychotic medication but stopped before her death party. Dwayne Johnson, no, not that Dwayne Johnson, told deputies he had 47 firearms in the house, many of which had been stolen. Investigators found hundreds of rounds of ammunition. Ah, you want to know something? What? Deputy's very lucky he did not go off the deep end and arm himself with some of those weapons. Yeah. That's the truth. Man, the whole I'm truth. That was the rock. <laughs> What'd you say, Tim? I said I was hoping that would have been the rock. Yeah. You don't like <sighs> crap. Hold on. Something's dropped here. Oh, come on. You know, Seriously? Here I am trying well, to keep uh, things straight. Things want to keep falling apart on me. You know what? What? Well, we figured he was going to die anyway, so he just granted his last wish. He just granted her last wish for her. Yep. Exactly. Okay, I think I got this. No, you don't. You are not dropping on me again. I don't know why stuff keeps falling on me here. There. Now, let's see if we can keep that from happening again. <sighs> All right, so let's All right, see. who's out of your neck of the woods, Shirley? Remember huh? that mystery? Six-year-old girl, sixteen-year-old girl out of Opelika. Yeah. They found her. Alive. Alive. Good. Okay, carry on. All right. All right. Uh, for people who like the CW, like me, since I do watch Flash, Arrow, Legend Tomorrow, Black Lightning, and Supergirl. I'm happy to report they've all been renewed. Yay. That means Arrow gets a season eight. Flash will have a season six. Supergirl and Legends will both have season four. And Black Lightning will be in season three. I didn't know Black Lightning was on that long. Yeah, it started started, uh, 2017. No, I'm sorry. It started in the it started in the spring, it started in the winter of 2018. So it hasn't been quite 
seasons. Yeah, it only had thirteen. It only had thirteen episodes for the first season. But that is good news. Yes, it is. And one of my favorite parts is the fact that Black Lightning is filmed in Atlanta. Well, if you go to Atlanta and get lucky, you could probably watch them film. Well, it depends because, um, let's see, they got the studio right outside Atlanta. Yes, there is a filming studio out just about maybe 10 miles outside of Atlanta. For real. Maybe we'll pass it on our way, co- our way oh, back yeah, we, home. Yeah, we'll pass it. That's a given. <laughs> yeah, we're going to pass it. But anyway. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is courtesy of TVLine.com. It is written by Michael Osiello, who is a true, reliable TV source. He knows a lot. Let's see. Anyway, the CW on Thursday, actually today, went on something of a renewal tear, picking up additional seasons of 10 current series, a.k.a. nearly its entire lineup. The list of shows confirmed to return for the 2019-2020 season include The Flash, Arrow, Riverdale, Supernatural. Yes, that one's coming back again. That's Supergirl. going to be working on its 300th epi- episode. Soon. Yep. See, Supergirl, Black Lightning, and DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Freshman entries, Charm, and Legacies also score renewals, as did, wait for it, Perpetual Cellar Dweller Dynasty. Yeah. How did it Let's earn see. a renewal? I have no idea. So that leaves that leaves the rookie dramas All American and Roswell, New Mexico, as well as the 100 as the lone remaining bubble series at the CW. After all, Gene the Virgin, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and I Zombie are all in or about to be in their final seasons. Yeah. Oh, you want to know how Dynasty's able to come back? It benefits from being a CBS production. There, Cosmo, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh, yes, and depending on how well the pilot does for Batwoman, we're going to see that one probably sometime before too long. So, yes, there will be, let's see, there's uh, Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Legends, Black Lightning. If Batwoman makes it, there'll be six DC shows on the CW. And how many of them are you going to keep reviewing? All of them. <laughs> Even Batgirl? Me Batwoman? Yeah. Apologies for that. No need for apologies. You work your butt off all day. Yeah, and today I did a lot of physical work. Basically took four 75% full recycle bins outside, but thank God it was finally warming up enough I could do it. Sub-Zero wins. Yes, he does. It's too damn cold. The temperatures outside are too damn low. Uh Just saying. Too damn low. Those those are Sub-Zero temperatures that you guys are getting right now, Tim. It's almost as cold cold as it gets in in Barrow, Alaska. Well, yeah. but remember, our our actual temperature, actually the coldest, was 33 below. It's mm-hmm. the wind chill for, like, the actual temperature in Alaska. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me, Tim. There may be somewhere in Illinois that may have set a new state 
record low. Because oh my. I, not, I don't remember the exact name of the town, but it's not that far away from you. Because I believe it was yeah. Northwestern. Let me see. State record cold Illinois. Alright, the current record is Congerville is Congerville uh which made it to thirty six degrees below zero on January fifth, nineteen ninety nine. However, it looks like let me see. Uh oh there it is. Mount Carroll. The temperature negative oh, yeah. thirty eight. Yeah, Mount Carroll's not too far from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the temperature in Mount Carroll may be a new state record if officially confirmed. Now, I thought I saw something where, uh, let's see. Oh, come on. Get out of here. Close. Thank you. I hate those damn pop-ups. I didn't do it. I wasn't there. So don't blame me. It's just not fair. Hey. Hey. service did not deliver today as I know they not yesterday but probably not today too I didn't see any mail today but I also wasn't aware that they weren't coming today so yeah and here's something interesting I was watching the weather channel one place like in Cedar Rapids Iowa that almost never closes the Quaker Oats plant it closed yesterday because they wanted to make sure the employees were safe. It's like, that's a good move. I'll take that. Employee safety over profits anytime. Exactly. And poor Dave Malkoff. Yesterday he was he was trying to do stories. He had just left a tow truck service. He was like, how do they do it in the cold? And the per and the person his he was riding with his vehicle died. Unfortunately, they couldn't get the tow truck mainly because um, the tow truck will only do it if there's like elderly people in the vehicle or a small child in the vehicle, which I can understand that. That's fine. That's no big deal. So, but boy, you're going to talk about. Crazy, brutal, and all? This was like... <laughs> this is like... It's totally insane. And by oh the way... My. By the way, I saw something tonight. Um, Mom, you know, my mother... God, God bless her. She does tend to watch the news quite a bit, which can drive me crazy. And, you know, some people are saying, Oh, how come it's so cold? There's no such thing as global warming. It's like, uh... <clears throat> There's a huge difference between weather and climate. Oh, my. In fact, you know what I just realized? That's going to be our next Attention to One episode right there. What's that? What's... Weather versus climate. Why can't people? Why can't some people tell the difference? Climate consists of ecosystems. Weather is what makes them. Yeah, weather is like what's happening now. Climate is like how it's been and what the trend is heading toward. Like right now, it's heading towards melting icebergs. Yeah. Oh, by the way, guess you misspelled global warming this time. Let me guess. 45? Yes. He spelled it global waming. Waming. W A M I N G. He left out the R. Yeah, that's right. We're having global waming. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Oh, listen to this. Um, if you watch a show called The Masked Singer, 
It's already been renewed for season two. Well, I think the premise is kind of been, makes the show interesting. I agree. I if like the concept. Ask, um, who was it I told you baited on the mask? Terry Bradshaw? No, it was an actor from a show you like. Ah, uh, I'd have to check. I have no clue. As in the mask, but I. Singer Australia. Ah, okay. I you about it last week. Okay. But yeah, apparently the Mass Singer has been a huge deal in other places around the world, so I think uh, one of the biggest is in Japan. That's where where it was. America's got talent Japan. It was and uh, Mass Singer was in Japan. Yeah. I think the Mass Singer started in Japan, but it's it's spread like wildfire around the rest of the planet. So uh, let's see. Oh boy. This is interesting. There is a picture of a um of a of a man dressed in a in a navy uniform. I had no idea that's Don Rickles. Yes, he served in the navy. <laughs> Maybe that's where he learned all those insults from. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Oh, listen to this. I like this idea. Before Avengers Endgame is released, Marvel should make a video recapping everything that has happened in the MCU up to that point. The only thing is, the recap must be done by Luis. <laughs> by what? By Luis. Um, if you don't know who he is, he's been in the two Ant-Man movies. But I swear to God, he tells a story. He's a riot. Oh. <laughs> it is oh superiorly. It is superiorly funny. It's like oh yeah. It's like it's like that is so perfect. It's like he needs to do. He needs to be the one to do a recap. Because you know we when you know when Luis has to tell a story. Oh my God, it is super funny. It is absolutely funny. Let's see. Excuse me. Sorry. Let's see. Don't worry, just trying to find some. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah, there's something weird going on on Sunday. I think it's called the Super Bowl, something like that. <laughs> oh, my. I'm not going to be watching it. I'm going to be going between the Puppy Bowl and then the Planet Earth Marathon they're having on BBC America. Yeah, let's see. Uh, they're having Puppy Bowl. Oh, yeah. Speaking of bowls and pets, uh, Hallmark Channel is introducing its first ever cat bowl. Hallmark Channel? Yep. And I believe it's Saturday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. But, yes, there's going to be a cat bowl. Of course, there'll still be the kitten bowl, or the kitty bowl, and of course, Animal Planet has the annual Puppy Bowl. That's you know, there will be a. For a while. Yeah. They interviewed the guy that plays the ref. Uh huh. He, he says he really enjoys doing that. That's good. All the fluff, loves all the fur babies. Well, that's a good thing. Oh, Tim, I like your post. McDonald's opens up a new waxing center. McEyebrows are done. I'm loving it. <laughs> oh, my. Someone's snoring down there. I didn't do it. Yeah. Sure beats the heck out of the alternative. Yeah. Ooh. All right. You remember a few months back, we did a an Attention to One episode about Common Core? 
Commodore. Common Core, like Common Core. Yeah, Common Core math is a pain in the ass. Yeah, well, I'm happy to tell you, the governor of Florida is removing it. Uh, that, that's good or bad. That's a good thing. I think that's a good thing. So, here's what happened. This was posted today. Uh, Former Governor Ron DeSantis is axing Common Core from state schools via an executive order. The announcement comes after DeSantis said he's heard parents express frustration with Common Core and testing. DeSantis said he will work with the Florida Department of Education, teachers, and parents about how the changes will take place and new standards. Florida currently uses a variation of Common Core called Florida Standards. Florida's version also focuses on cursive writing, the additional... That should be the addition of calculus in high school math and identifying the value of money in math problems. The Santis order will require the existing standards to be examined and any elements of Common Core removed. The Santis said he also wants to streamline standardized testing, make civics a priority, and increase the <coughs> literacy rate. Used in more than 41 states since its launch in 2010, Common Core standards include specific guidelines for math and English language arts curriculum. Florida will be the fifth state to withdraw from the Common Core standards. Proponents of Common Core argue it creates universal standards to help students prepare for college and careers. Critics contend it was rolled out before teachers were properly trained, is overly complicated, and has resulted in too great a focus on standardized testing. Frankly, they ask me everybody should drop Common Core. Yeah. It teaches stupidity and inability to think for yourself. Yep. Oh, you have 8 plus 5. How do you get 10 from that? Exactly. It's like, someone someone wrote that, it's like, no, there is a way to do it. It's like, uh, no. Uh Uh-uh. No. See, you're being asked to add two numbers together. You're not being asked to take away from one number to create a third one. You're being asked to add two numbers together. Let's do it correctly. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. Well, meanwhile, over the Dragon Con group, I decided to have a little fun. I posted, I posted this idea: post photos of celebrities you've met in person who are absolutely nothing like the characters they portray on TV or in the movies. And I picked three examples of my own. One of them is Marvin Jones III, or his nickname is Crondon. And he plays one of the nastiest villains I have ever seen, Tobias Whale on Black Lightning. You meet the guy in person, you wouldn't think he was, you would not think he was like that. He's one of the nicest people. (laughs) He's true, he was, he was like one of the sweetest people I've met. Yeah, then I also picked Benedict Wong from Doctor Strange because he's, I mean, in person, he's hilarious. When he plays Wong, he's super, Wong is super serious, but thankfully he's not. <laughs> and boy, I've seen a lot you of good pictures. I, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. You know who, I, you know who I'm curious as to how, they're, how she's like in real life? Uh, Amelia Clark? Oh, Karen oh, no. Gillen. Karen Gillen. Yeah, she's she's actually very very nice. She's really nice. Now remember, you got you got me her autograph, and it's that's been my my prize, you know, book of mm-hmm. autograph. But I'm just curious, you know, what, what's she like in person? Is she as sweet as she appears when she plays Amy, or? Uh huh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, here's a good one. Okay. Um, you remember that clerk, uh, Kim Davis, who would not issue same-sex licenses in Kentucky? Yeah, the nut job. What about her? Well, guess what? Uh, she may have a hefty legal bill in a gay marriage case. Oh, this I gotta hear. Oh, yeah. You just might want to. 
<laughs> Let me put that there. Ding, ding. All right. Governor Matt Bevin supported Davis, the former county clerk who wouldn't issue same-sex marriage licenses in 2015. Now he's saying she broke the law. Well, yeah, she did. Yep. Anyway, uh, this was posted today. As a candidate for governor in 2015, Matt Bevin said he absolutely supported a Kentucky county clerk who stopped issuing marriage licenses because of her opposition to gay marriage. But four years later, after a court ordered Kentucky taxpayers to pay more than $222,000 in legal fees for the gay and straight couples who sued, outside lawyers from now Governor Bevin say former Rowan County Clerk Kim Davis broke the law and taxpayers should not have to collectively bear the financial responsibility for Davis's intra- oh God, intransigence. I guess that's how it's pronounced. Let's see. Only Davis refused to comply with the law as was her obligation as and as required by the oath of office she took. Bevan attorney Palmer G. Vance II wrote, wrote, <laughs> wrote in a brief filed with the court. <laughs> yeah, he wrote, he wrote in a brief. Get it? <laughs> Let's see. Bevan has been a staunch supporter of Davis who spent five days in jail for refusing a court order to issue marriage licenses following the historic U.S. Supreme Court ruling that effectively legalized gay marriage. Davis even switched parties, registering as a Republican because she said the Democratic Party had abandoned her. But now Davis and Bevin will oppose each other in federal court on Thursday, as actually that's today, or probably next Thursday, as lawyers argue who should have to pay for the lawsuit that stemmed from Davis's actions. Bevin and Davis, who lost their re-election bid in November, have asked the court not to award legal fees. But if they do, they disagree on who should pay. Davis's attorney argues she ha- acted on behalf of the state. But in an interview with the Associated Press, Davis's attorney, Matt Staver, said he does not attribute those arguments to Bevin, but to the attorneys who represent him. Those attorneys, Palmer T. Vance II and William M. Lear Jr., are the same ones who represented former Democratic Governor Steve Bashir on the case before Bevin took office. Bevin led the charge on that religious liberty accommodation, which is what we asked for from the very beginning, Stavers said. Bevin's in-house attorney, Steve Pitt, also noted the lawyers were hired by Bashir and said they have no have taken no position as to whether Ms. Davis acted unconstitutionally. Governor Bevin does not believe that she has done so and continues to support Ms. Davis's actions, Pitt said. Our outside counsel have only argued, given the court's ruling, that if constitutional rights were violated, the taxpayers of Kentucky are not responsible to pay the ACLU's attorney fees. Vance and Lear did not return a phone call seeking comment. The case dates to the the summer of 2015 when same-sex marriage became legal nationwide. At the time, the county clerk's name appeared on all marriage licenses in Kentucky. Davis, a devout apostolic Christian who says gay marriage is who says gay marriage is contrary to her religious beliefs, viewed this as her endorsement of same-sex marriage. She stopped issuing all marriage licenses. Several gay and straight couples sued her with the help of the ACLU. A federal judge ordered her to issue the licenses, but Davis refused. The judge then found her in a contempt of court and jailed her for five days. The case was resolved when the state legislature passed a law removing the names of county clerks from Kentucky marriage licenses. In 2017, a federal judge ruled that Davis was acting as an agent for the state, making Kentucky taxpayers responsible for paying the legal fees of the gay and straight couples who filed suit. Bevin objected. His lawyers argued no one should pay the, no one should have to pay the legal fees because the gay and straight couples did not technically win the lawsuit since it was dismissed. Pardon me just a second. Mm. However, Bevin's lawyers also argued if legal legal fees are awarded, either Rowan County or Davis herself should be responsible to pay them. Bevin's lawyer, Palmer Vance II, noted the purpose of of requiring losers to pay for the attorney's fees is to deter conduct that violates civil rights. That purpose is not vindicated if the offending office, the Rowan County Clerk's Office, suffers no liability, Vance wrote. Indeed, there is little to deter the Rowan County Clerk's Office from developing policies that violate the Kentucky or United States constitutions. Jeffrey C. Mando, an attorney for Rowan County, dismissed that argument. He said clerks are elected officials and not county employees. He also added that all procedures related to marriage licenses are governed solely by the state. He said that's why former Democratic Governor Steve Bashir ordered county clerks to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples, and it's why Bevin issued later... Uh, Bevin issued later issued? Oh, boy. 
Bevan later issued an executive order removing Clark's names from the licenses. The Commonwealth exercised a great deal of control over Davis, while the county enjoyed none, Mando wrote. And that's the end of the story. You asked me, the burden should fall on her. Agreed. Same here. She's the one that refused to do her job, even in light of a court order. She's the one that should have to pay. I agree. You're right. Her own opinion on the matter, but her opinion does not trump the law. No, it doesn't. It's wow. quick. It's easy. It's the law. <laughs> wow. There's a picture. I'm not sure exactly where it's at, but it's the Great Lakes. It grows over completely. Standing on the break wall. Uh-huh. All right. So you've probably heard about this one. Uh, Empire actor Jesse Smollett, of course, was attacked the other night. But the thing is, he won't turn over... The victim himself won't turn over the cell phone to police. Because there could be... There could be important evidence on there. But, you know, but one thing... You know, one thing... He, he says that the people who attacked him wore the MAGA hats. Don't know that for sure yet. You have to find witnesses, any camera angles, since it is in Chicago. Excuse me. Okay, well, all right. You probably heard this one. Um... Ben Affleck is officially out as Batman. He's done. Oh. Any reason? Did they give any legit reason? No, I think, you know, after the after the disappointments of both Batman versus Superman and Justice League. I like to see him go back to the original to the way they did the like the original Batman movie with Michael Keaton. I uh-huh. like that. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, here's a shocker for you. San Francisco has more drug users than public high school students. Okay. Eh, that'll creep you out. One there. Put one here. And we lost Ashley, but... We still got Bring It Boy in there. Alright, this is courtesy of KTVU in San Francisco. So, San Francisco has more drug users than students enrolled in its public high schools, according to a recent health department survey. Now, here's where it gets crazy. There are about 24,500 injection drug users in San Francisco and 16,000 students enrolled in San Francisco Unified School District, a comparison first reported by the San Francisco Chronicle. The number of serious users has also gone up by 2,000 since 2012, although the methodology to glean those numbers is different now, according to Health Department spokeswoman Rachel Kagan. Still, we know the numbers are not going down, she told KTVU today. The data came from the most recent citywide health department survey regarding hepatitis C, and the drug usage includes people who live on the streets and who live in homes, she said. The takeaway for the health department? We need to continue to do harm reduction, Kagan said. There needs to be more access to treatment. She pointed to the sheriff's, uh, she's pointed to the department's efforts to hand out naloxone, a drug that reverses opioid overdoses immediately and keeps people from dying to first responders, street health teams, and homeless drop-in workers and library staffers in an effort to reduce the death toll. Last year, there were 193 drug overdose deaths, of which 112 were from opioids, the Chronicle reported. The health department also provides methadone on demand and 
buprenorphine, a medication that helps people fight opioid addiction, Kagan said. Also of note, San Francisco handed out a record 5.8 million free syringes last year, about 500,000 more than in 2017. We picked up a lot of needles, she said. The city spends $1.8 million a year on needle cleanup. Of those half a million needles last year, Kagan said that 300,000 were dropped off at kiosks or picked up by cleanup teams, and 200,000 were dropped off at city station syringe exchange sites. We are really glad to see that the numbers of needles being disposed is rising, both in terms of needles being returned to syringe access sites and the numbers being thrown out in kiosks and picked up by our street teams, Kagan said. All these efforts are making a difference, and we hear from people that streets are looking better. Well, good. But still, that's it. Just it's just ugh. Oh my! All right, so let's see. We got about three and a half minutes to go. Let's see, Tim, you're still cold. Uh, Me, I'm starting to recover. Yay! (laughs) I'll be near sixty tomorrow. I'll be in the mid sixties by Saturday. And it's was hitting the 70s here by next Wednesday. It's like, oh my god, are you kidding me? No wonder my sinuses are going mad. <laughs> my sinuses are going mad. You hear me? Mad! Mad! <laughs> oh, one more thing. Uh, if you have the DC Universe streaming service... I just got word today, the second half of the new season of Young Justice Outsiders is going to be coming this summer. So this should get interesting, as I binge-watched the first half of the season already. (laughs) I'm sorry. Alright, well anyway, got about two and a half minutes to go. I will tell you this right now. Tomorrow night we're gonna go we're gonna go from sixty minutes to ninety minutes because after all, we did not do Mad Lives last week because I was sick. But we're gonna make up for it tonight, tomorrow night. Okay? So bring on your naughties. We're gonna have them all. Oh, I got them all. Pen- penises, vaginas, dildos, corners of Winslow, Arizona, gynecologists, coffees, hamburgers. Did I said that right? Ham. Hamburgers. Yeah, hamburgers. Let's see. We can add uh, global waning to that now, too. <laughs> right, global waning. Thank you, fake president. If, if only everybody in America could be like him and get a job they're not qualified for, they'd do absolutely nothing. Yep. All right. Well, anyway, I just got the 90-second signal. So, I'm just going to go ahead and start saying this. Um, if you... It's see. Remember to follow us on Facebook. You know, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on our website, feelingtheairways.weebly.com. You know, we just want you to be able to keep stay on track with us. If you ever miss an episode, there are three ways to catch up. First, there's the Stitcher.com app, available on iTunes, Google Play, and the Amazon Kindle Store. Second, you can listen to or download full episodes of the show from blogtalkradio.com. And finally, you can find us on iTunes. Just do a search on the podcast for me on the airwaves, and you'll find many of our episodes there. So with that in mind, I'm going to say love, peace, and chicken grease. Everybody have a great night. Sleep well. Stay safe. Stay warm. And we'll see you tomorrow night for the art review on Mad Libs. Alright, that's all for tonight, but please remember the following three things. You m- I almost had him. I had him. I almost had him. <laughs> you stuttering prick, you. Shut up! As one, number two. I am vengeance. I am the night. I am... <laughs> and
And finally, number three. If I can get it playing. This is the voice of the Mysterons. We know you can hear us, Earthmen. Shut up! Alright, that Woo. is it for tonight. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. Night, y'all. Yeah. Okay, good night. Good night, everybody. Yeah.